When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Welcome to another AMA Live. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and may I wish you a happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. All right, we're going to be diving into your questions today. If this is adding value to you in any way, shape, or form, please do share it that means more than you know. It helps get the word out. It helps impact more people. It helps us build the audience. All good things. So if it's adding value, please do share. All right. First question, without further ado, is from Emma Thenison. This is from the Connect Inbox. Do you think it is a delusion to believe that you can become professionally good at anything at all, regardless of age, considering that there are many competitors out there who are way younger than you and will only continue to grow ahead of you because of this difference in starting point. So I'm very open to it being delusional as long as that delusion is going to be the thing that kickstarts you and gets you going. Over the long run, no. If you put in the work, I think most people fall away because they're not willing to do the work. So regardless of age, I think that people should be pursuing something with all of their might that gives them energy, that excites them, that fills their life with joy, that when they bust ass and they're working hard at it, that it makes them feel good about themselves and what they're doing and accomplishing, and it's thrilling. Now, because of all that, because the purpose of life is to find fulfillment, to do something that is just rad, it isn't about money, it isn't about success, it's about doing something with your life that is awesome to you and to you alone. Now, I think if you're doing that and you're pursuing that, I think that the number of people that you will eat alive because either they're pursuing something that they don't care enough about, so they're not going to have the energy to keep pushing, or they just don't put in the time and energy. They're 
I don't know, they don't value that, they don't make it part of their identity, and so they're never pushing at that level, I think that you will surpass just an ungodly amount of people. So at the end of the day, this is really a twofold thing. Yes, I think that you can get professionally good at something if you're willing to put in the hours and you have that level of intensity. And I wrote a whole blog article on this about the nuance of where this goes. Um, so I will say that if you want to read the like infinitely nuanced answer to this question, go sign up for the newsletter. <clears throat> but the very brief um, explanation is, for sure, there are some things that if you don't have uh, an innate talent for, it's going to be way harder than you, than other people. And I think that doesn't have anything to do with age. It just has to do with some of us get easy wins in certain areas. Take my wife. My wife has always been able to draw better than anyone else in her family. So when they did um, drawings at the same time and they showed them to her grandmother, her grandmother said, well, it's not fair because Lisa's the youngest, only to find out that Lisa's was the best. And she just assumed that that was a drawing of the oldest because it was so much better. So as Lisa put time and attention into becoming a great artist, she got amazing um, like skill set out of that because everything was just sort of amplified by that natural ability. Now, take me for instance. I got early wins in being able to speak. So all the energy that I put into my verbal abilities has come back to me at a rate higher than maybe most people that put that same time and energy. But on business, I had absolutely no intrinsic skills whatsoever. Literally, I have no entrepreneurial instincts by nature. And so I really had to pour myself into that to develop my skill set. But both I have done to tremendous effect in my life. One where I was getting early wins and sort of this exaggerated return, and then on the other where it was just grit and raw perseverance and willing to grind it out because, and this is like going to become my new obsession to explain to people, because I was getting so much energy out of it. And even though I was sucking at it and I was embarrassing myself at every turn, it was feeding this mission that I had, something I really wanted to do in my life. And because of that, I was willing to just go, 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 go. And then when I finally learned the real lesson, which is that when you're willing to do it and go that hard, not only for something that you find really interesting and is giving you energy, but then you also put a mission into it of something that you really believe in and that you just have built into your life to be that north star of what feeds your soul. Then you put those two things together and all of a sudden, regardless of whether or not you have innate natural talent, you're gonna crush it. So the short answer is regardless of age, with the one caveat if you're really old, you may just not have the amount of years ahead of you, sadly, to put the, the time and energy into it. But yes, you can get that good at anything if you follow those simple instructions that I just gave you. All right, Tarna YouTube, why do you prioritize sleep so highly? Just curious of what makes you so committed to that and the science behind it, thank you for all you do. Um, Tarna, so here's my thing. This is definitely, there is a lot of science out there on it and I will point you to Sean Stevenson and the Model Health Show. Um, he came on Impact Theory, actually he came on Health Theory, excuse me. Um, go watch the Sean Stevenson episode of Health Theory. He talks all about sleep. He gives you all the science in the world. I'm not well versed enough in the science to beat him, so just go watch that episode of Health Theory. Now I'll give you the end of one study that I've done on myself. I find that I'm slower when I'm fatigued. So I find myself drifting. I have more symptoms of what we'll call AD, uh, ADD. So that uh, my attention just drift, drift, drifts. And then I find I'll read a sentence or whatever and be like, God, I have to reread the sentence like 10 times. So that was just going, whoa. I'm not as efficient as I could be. And then the other is I find it a unique 
form of misery. There is an additional ring of hell that is saved just for people who are fatigued. I hate it so much. So it's misery. And I don't understand people that live a life that is miserable. I just don't get it. And then on top of that, I think you actually accomplish less if you're fatigued. So you're putting more hours, but you're actually getting less done per hour. So if being fatigued puts you at like 0.6 of what your output could be, and then being just like incredibly well rested, prioritizing that puts you at, you know, it's, I guess mathematically, I should be saying just one, then like you have to make up 40% of the number of hours in waking up early just to break even and then you put misery on top of that. So that that's my end of one experience is that I am so deadly efficient when I'm rested that I just get more done. So comparing those two side by side, I get I actually accomplish more. So um, that doesn't mean that super occasionally I won't and I almost always do this without an alarm, I won't like really fill myself with excitement before I go to bed so that I'll wake up unnaturally early. But again, that's without an alarm. I'll just say like, as I drift up out of like a really deep sleep, if there's something that I really need to get done or I'm really amped up about, um, I can usually build that into my mindset. And so I'll just wake up and get after it. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes sort of try to cheat and get a little less sleep, um, but I do it through excitement rather than alarms. And that's pretty rare. So. That's why I do it. All right. Uh, next up, Siba. <coughs> Kiba? Keba. Keba. Talium. This is from Facebook. <coughs> Excuse me. Should you abandon the pursuit of something you're great at but not passionate about in pursuit of discovering your passion? Okay. So um, first and foremost, the really just fan fast answer is if your life is not giving you energy, it's not bringing joy, you're not chasing fulfillment, it's not a life that you're enjoying living, you should change no matter what. Um, so yes. Now, I don't think you discover your passion. I think you discover an interest, you develop a passion. So I wouldn't hesitate at all if I was going, in fact, I know this because it's this exactly what I did. So when I was at Awareness Technologies, I'd been grinding for years and years and years trying to build a company that I didn't care about. And in the beginning, it was awesome because I was building the skill set and it was giving, giving, giving to me. And then after a while, my skill set was stagnating because I didn't have the energy to keep pushing because I hated what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I went into my partners and I quit. And I said, I just can't do this anymore. Um, this doesn't make sense. I wanna go do something that makes me feel alive. Those are my exact words. I wanna feel alive again. <clears throat> and so I was going to leave being an entrepreneur and I was gonna go write. And that was gonna be my full-time gig. Um, hopefully at this point you guys all know the story that uh, I end up staying and we sell that company and we start Quest and obviously that transformed every aspect of my life. But Quest was me saying I need to be alive in the day to day. So I need to build a company that I really, really care about. And so that was taking um, you know, what I was learning about the, just the day to day realities of living a life and it needs to be beautiful and wonderful and you need to be creating something that you really believe in and have deep passion for but that I had to build that passion and I had to take that time to really think about what was something that I could take from an area of interest and turn it into a raging inferno of need in my own life. And so I began to focus on my mom, my sister, um, wanting to help them and the hundreds of millions, if not billion plus people that were struggling with food in the same way that they were. And I just built that into my life. I fanned those flames, I obsessed about it. I told other people that that's what I was gonna do and I was gonna give my life over to that. And because I knew that that was really real at the core of my life, um, that I could fan those flames and I could turn it into something that was that compelling and exciting and um, just provocative in my life and that I 
wanted to do it. So that's what you need to do. Now, if you don't have that area of interest, yes, you need to go discover that. You need to go encounter a lot of things. You need to go play and fumble around and explore and just drink life in. And I think that you'll be shocked at how much you can just get your real um, expenses down to virtually nothing um, and be able to go do and explore those kinds of things. So um, even if that means you know sleeping in a studio apartment with three or four other people in a sleeping bag on the floor, and I just cannot tell you how many profoundly successful people started there. Mark Cuban has a ridiculous story about cramming himself into you know some tiny one-bedroom apartment with like ten guys and sleeping on the floor. Um, I used to manage apartment complexes so that I could keep my rent at virtually nothing. At one point, it literally was nothing. Um, so there are ways for people that are willing to uh, really think about. Um, how to do that and how to limit and control your expenses. Uh, when we started Quest, I you know, got rid of my car and all this anyway. I'm derailing on that. But there are ways to limit your expenses so that you can go fumble, bumble, and explore. And I highly encourage you to do that because this life is long and beautiful and wonderful if you construct it to be so. But if you're not doing something you believe in, it's going to suck. Shadow Cage. That's really the name? Wait, is this you? This is YouTube. So this is probably some made up shit. That's a cool made up name. Um, hi, Tom. When you first started your business, your partners, were they close friends? How did you handle fear or distrust? Friends and money usually don't mix well, right? <clears throat> okay, so I've done everything from work with people that I didn't know hardly at all to them becoming real deep friends to working with family. Um, I've had things go well. I've had things go poorly. I've had things run their course and then you change direction. So I think at the end of the day, here's my real advice on that. Don't get into business with somebody that you don't have that trust for. So take that time to build that trust if that's what you need to do. Um, it so happens that the one time I really took a quote unquote big risk, which wasn't really a big risk because they were bringing me on as an employee. Um, and honestly, unless you're gambling a whole lot of your money, it's never really a big risk. You can always get back to where you're going. Uh, results, like if you can deliver results for somebody's business, you're always going to be able to get hired. So I just don't spend a lot of time worrying about that. <clears throat> so, but the reason I'll say that it was a big risk was that I was going to work for people that I really didn't know that well. Um, I knew well enough, um, but I didn't know that well. And so obviously that can always go poorly in any job environment. Um, so I would have a savings of six months, cut that down to, you know, as little as you need to, but have a savings of six months so that if you take a new job or you take a risk or you start working with somebody um, that you can always back out, that it's not a panic that you're not going to be able to eat. I would work with them as much as humanly possible before you jettison the day job or whatever it is that's keeping you afloat or uh, working together for as long as possible before you're pumping a lot of money into something. Um, and then, so that's sort of all the like basic shit. Now let me take you somewhere really interesting. And this is a thing that I highly encourage everybody to do. And that is to be the same person at the beginning of that relationship when it's like exciting and stress-free as you are when it gets really fucking muddy and scary and maybe they're going crazy. Like if you're the emotionally centered calm through line that is always looking for a way to make this work um, to if it's going to have to dissolve to not freak out to not get emotional. Um, that's just the way of it sometimes. And if you can keep your equilibrium through that, you're going to be shocked that even though, hey, this is a risk um, and because my real thesis here is never be afraid to try something. So don't let yourself be paralyzed by indecision. Um, so do whatever you need to do to build that trust, to have enough um, belief that it could work 
work out that you're going to go into it. But my thing is, even if it dissolves, because I always walk into something going, hey, I think that this could work and I see a path to how I'm going to make this work, but I want to look at the worst case scenario. So looking at the worst case scenario, everyone's freaking out. All the trust is dissolving. Nobody's having fun anymore. The business isn't working. Now what? Now, if through that you can have equilibrium, if through that everyone that you touched feels like even though the entity failed, like, wow, that person really like had a cool head, they kept it together. Even in a failed attempt at something, beautiful things may come out of it. People may reach out to you afterwards and say, like somebody just said to me the other day, and it, I was really moved by this because it's somebody I have deep respect for. Um, and they're actually going to be coming on the show, which... I'm very excited about because I don't want to reveal who uh, this was. They reached out to me and just said, look, they've known me for a long time. And they said, I've always felt like a real connection to you. And I thought, wow, that's interesting because they've seen things go well. They've seen things go poorly, well again, poorly. Like they've been around long enough to really see from a longevity standpoint, sort of a lot of ups and downs. Um, So, but I'm always me and I'm not freaking out. And, um, If you're always dealing with things in that way, even in a failed opportunity, I think you'll find that great things come out of it. So don't be paralyzed by fear of things going wrong. Um, Always be yourself and things, even when they don't work out on a financial level, you can get positive things out of it in the end. All right, Burn L. Washburn. I want that one to be real as well. How do I get hungrier when I succeed rather than becoming complacent? Usually success inspires me to achieve more, but sometimes I'm tempted to just go on vacation for a bit. So first of all, if you've been working your ass off and you want to take a vacation, take a vacation. Like this is one thing I really want to know that people hear me because I get feedback in my social posts sometimes make me want to crawl through my fucking phone. I work my ass off because I believe in what I'm doing and I'm excited about it and I like touching lives and building something that matters to me. So working really hard in service of something that you believe in is amazing and that is the nature of fulfillment. Fulfillment oftentimes comes from momentary suffering. It's going in the gym and busting your ass and doing things that hurt and suck in the moment but they make you proud of who you are. So assuming that you're really grinding like that, Then the second part of it is, if you know you're leaving it all out on the field every day and you're just going for broke on that random Tuesday, when you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take the day off. Take the day off and don't feel guilty about it. Don't be conflicted. Like go all in and do that thing. Like whatever that is. If it's sit and watch TV, if it's sit and just clutch on to your significant other, if it's playing with your kids, if it's going to the movie, a beach, a resort somewhere, whatever it is, do it all the way. When you're working, work all the way. And when you're relaxing, relax all the way. And don't be conflicted about it. Now, if you're talking about like on a grand scale and this stuff starts to drag on and you're losing the will to like keep fighting and keep going, now that's something different. And I'll say that that comes down to what do you really want? What do you want out of life? And for me, the thing that I want with a massive amount of intensity is fulfillment. I wanna feel a certain way about myself when I'm by myself. That is the single most comforting thing that I've ever put my time and attention on is believing in myself, feeling like I'm making use of my time here on earth, that the skill sets that I'm building fill me with joy and pride and that they serve other people as well as serving myself. That's just neurochemically what I've gotten the most fulfillment out of. Like the, and uh, I want a better word for it because it's 
joy in a sustained way. It's joy that weathers momentary storms. It's the thing that you anchor yourself to when you're having a moment of self-doubt, when things aren't going well, when other people tell you what you're doing is shit. The thing that you're gonna hold on to in that moment is, man, I've really busted my ass. I know how hard I'm willing to work for things that I believe in. I know that I'm adding value not to my, just myself, but to other people. That's fulfillment. And that, like, people just, they cannot take it away from you. So that's my punchline. It's okay to go on vacation. Structure your life around things that really give you that deep and lasting sense of fulfillment. Ryan Allen Mecchioni. Melchioni? This is from YouTube. I want to leave my religion because it's holding me back. This is already fascinating. From my true potential and my wife is kind of on the same path as me, but we're scared about what people are going to say. How do we find courage? Okay, so I'll, I can only give you what I have done in my life. And what I have found to be just wildly effective is two things. One, to meet everyone with compassion. And to know like when you jettison, people are gonna freak the fuck out. In that moment though, you're gonna meet them with compassion. You're gonna fully get that to them it feels like an attack. To them it feels like you're rejecting everything they believe in, that you're like removing this keystone pillar of belief in their life, and they're not gonna dig that. And so they're gonna say things, they're gonna be upset and all of that. And you're gonna meet that with compassion. Like just understand it, right? My whole thing is if behavior is predictable, it shouldn't be emotionally painful. So the behavior is predictable. I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what's gonna happen. People are gonna freak the fuck out. So, but understand that that's about them, that it's not about you. Be sympathetic, understand that, be compassionate, recognize that they're now going through something um, that has nothing to do with you, even if they're lashing out. So I just, I get it, and so I feel for them. It's not easy to deal with. Okay, then the second thing is people treat you exactly the way you let them treat you. So I come at this shit with aggression. So my whole thing is I'm aggressively myself. Now, that turns some people off. I fully understand that. But that stops me from being backed into a corner because congruence is huge. And I understand how to leverage it in my life, but only because I recognize that it's fucking huge. And when I say like, I don't care what other people think, that shit is hard. It is hard to maintain that. It's hard to build all that confidence in yourself, to earn credibility with yourself, to be yourself and accept the consequences, to be compassionate to people when they react to you and not take it personally. Like that shit takes a lot of effort. So don't think, I, I don't say that in any way cavalier. Like I put a lot of time and attention. I have the same desire to be liked and loved as everybody else and it feels fucking awesome when people like you and they think what you're up to is amazing. It's just the truth. Now you've got to find ways to not let that control you. So my thing is I have such a crushing paranoia of wasting my life because there's so much joy and neurochemical fulfillment to be had and that is so pleasurable that I just won't let people back me into a corner. And the only way I've found is to like come at people and let them know what you're about. And I'm saying that sort of tongue in cheek because I don't do it in a mean spirited way. But dude, I'm fucking myself. Like I say what I think and I, I put it out there. I'm not bashful. This is all context dependent. But like, especially when it comes to my family. I'm me, that's it. I let them have their reaction. I don't push back. I let them go through whatever they're gonna go through, but I'm me and I'm consistently me. I am aggressively me. I am me, that's it. I don't let people change me. I don't back down. And because they can feel that I'm coming from a good place, that I love them, I don't need them to change. I'm not looking for them to change. I'm not trying to comment on who they are or what they believe. This is just me, this is right for me. And then, then I am a reed in the wind. So when people come at me and they're telling me that, um, I'm wrong, I'm crazy, whatever. It's like Bruce Lee says, be like water, my friend. I don't push back. 
I don't push back. And this is something I can't stress enough. Because I'm not going to let them change me. I've already said, like, this is me. This is who I am. I don't proselytize. I'm not trying to convince people to be like me. So if they've got all the arguments in the world, my thing is, like, I totally hear you and I fully respect where you're coming from. Period. Not, I hear you. I totally respect where you're coming from. And let me tell you why I'm this way and why I think it's the right way. I don't do that. I fully respect. I hear you. I get where you're coming from. Thank you. I appreciate the feedback. And I mean that. Like, I'm, I like hearing other people's opinions. Um, but because of that, there's nothing for them to grab onto. And this is something that I've seen my wife struggle with with her family. Like, she really wants them to understand. And, like not even necessarily agree with her, but accept that that's her position and they're not necessarily going to do that. So compassion, be yourself, sometimes aggressively, and then make sure that you aren't trying to convince other people to see your way because they're not going to. All right. Crystal Searstad, this is from Facebook. Do you have advice on creating a better future without a college education? Yes. So here's the answer, Crystal. You're going to, as of right now, this moment, you're going to focus entirely on one thing. Getting so good you cannot be ignored. Now, what do I mean by that? Getting so good that you deliver results. Deliver results for yourself. De- deliver results for other people. I would just tell you, every business owner on the planet is looking for people that can help them grow their business. That's it. They care about one thing and one thing only. Can you deliver results? So the good news here is you can always count on humans to be selfish. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, they're passionate about the things that they're passionate about. They're trying to accomplish the things they're trying to accomplish. And if you can show how you can help with that, people are going to want you no matter what. I don't give a shit if you have a college education. Like, that is so irrelevant to me. A college education merely tells me that you've been formally trained. It doesn't tell me if you're actually good. Now, on a resume, it can be very powerful because I'll look at that in a shorthand. I'll say, oh, shit. Like, they probably are ahead of somebody that doesn't have those things. But if you're out in the real world getting results, I'm all for that. And let me tell you how fast you can convey that with something. Like if I'm like right now, hey everybody, by the way, P.S., if you're a director of marketing, we wanna hear from you. Especially if you understand content marketing. So I think most people in this community know that Jared has moved up to San Jose. I don't do remote employees. He's chasing his own thing. That guy was amazing. And I'm super heartbroken that he left. But now we're looking for somebody to replace him with. And what I look for is I look for people that have done shit. I don't, I actually don't even look at their college education. I don't even scan that far down in the resume. I just want to know what are you doing? What have you accomplished? And like, can you put together a comp, like, uh, what is the word I'm looking I'm having a stroke. Uh huh. Uh, comprehensive isn't the word, but I'm going to stick with it. Cohesive. There we go. Can you put together a cohesive, coherent resume, which you'd be shocked how few people actually can. So put that together, maybe a super brief cover letter. Maybe you hit the person up on social, whatever. Anyway, it is really easy. If you're actually good, it's really easy to convince other people that you're actually good. So focus all your time and energy on actually getting good. Like guys, lean in. Somehow, as a society, we've gotten away from getting extraordinary. And that's where I want people to return to. Get extraordinary. Get really good. Like, get just obscenely good at something. Go all in. Get a skill set. That's the only thing that matters. You, I learned way more after I graduated college than I learned in college. But that's because I was so afraid 
that I was never going to do anything with my life because I felt lost, I felt hopeless, I felt talentless. And at the time I thought talent was like, you had it or you didn't. And I was heading towards depression. And because I didn't want to end up there, I needed something else and that thing ended up being brain plasticity was how I thought of it at the time. Now everybody knows growth mindset, believing that I could get good at something. And then I just went freakishly after getting good. So if you do the same, it will pay dividends in your life. I just cannot tell you how much so um, because it's so extreme. All right, Jason Dordelin. Could you describe the specific actions you engage in to manipulate your neurochemistry in order to cultivate the mindset and energy you need to push through tough times and be highly productive? Yes. Okay. So it looks like this. The first thing that I do is I believe that the human animal is wired for adaptation. Okay. So I don't need to believe anything specific about myself. I just need to believe that humans can get good at anything that they put their mind to. That's literally what we are wired and designed to do. Okay. So we're this adaptation machine. Okay. So how do we adapt? We adapt by putting ourselves under stressors. Okay. Awesome. So I'm going to put myself under stress to get better. Now, what do I know about the way that the brain works? The way that the brain works is it's designed from an evolutionary standpoint to keep me safe. So what does that equate to? The phrase that I use is it equates to keeping me small. So meaning that I'm not trying to rise too far, far up in the hierarchy that I might offend somebody that they're going to want to kick me out, which from an evolutionary standpoint, getting kicked out of the group, being ostracized meant literally death. And that's why it hits those pain centers in your brain. So I know that that's how my brain is going to react. That if somebody you know, isn't liking what I'm doing, that I'm, oh, I'm in a retreat, uh, that people are going to panic about public speaking, myself included. And so that you've really got to anticipate that, that that's the way that the brain reacts. So, okay, I'm not going to fall prey to that. Uh, meaning I'm going to have belief systems. You can go to impacttheory.com right now and download the 25 point belief system for more details on that. The other part of all of this is that I'm going to, oh, I had this. I'm going to get it. What is that next thing? You've got your belief system. God damn it. So let me just reread your question. To engage in to manipulate my neurochemistry. Thank you. It's in the question. I know that there are physical hooks into how you get your neurochemistry where you want it. So I'm going to learn those physical hooks. That's really important. Diaphragm breathing is massive. So if you're having trouble with anxiety, learning to diaphragm breathe, which takes you out of the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight, into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest, also known as calm and creative. So I'm going to learn to do that. So meditating, having a mindfulness practice, all of that stuff is going to help tremendously. And then just reading about this stuff so that you really understand it. You understand what the brain is doing. You understand the physical hooks into this and that belief system, knowing how to use mantras, repeating things in your head, that a growth mindset, basically the way that you make it real in your life is what you repeat in your head and what you repeat out loud to other people that you're going to do. Those two things are critical in a way that I cannot explain. Like until you get control of your, as Dr. Daniel Amen talks about, automatic negative thoughts, ants, learn to crush those through um, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. It's also known as CBT so that you're stopping yourself when you have that thought, you're using it as a habit loop trigger to say in your head that empowering thing that you repeat to yourself. And so that whole thing is how I'm able to keep myself focused on something positive. And I'll add one thing to that, that you have to earn credibility with yourself. That, that's really huge. That sort of undergirds everything. So earning credibility with yourself, which is a whole another thing which I've talked about many, many times before. I want to address it here, but you've got to earn that credibility with yourself. All right, you do all of that and you'll be able to overcome those tough times where you don't have the energy 
and since we're talking about energy, I will just put one more footnote here about ATP, which is um, how your cells actually create energy via mitochondria. You need to eat right, you need to exercise. Otherwise, the energy is not gonna be there for you and get sleep. All right, Astrid Simondel. What's your best advice for taking big decisions? I'm hesitating between two paths and I'm not sure I can do both at the same time. You can't do both at the same time and here's what I encourage you to do. Flip a coin, do whatever you have to do, just pick. Go down one path. When you start going down that path, not too long, you're gonna know whether you chose the right path or not. Then you're gonna have a thousand times where you're gonna question yourself. And in those moments, you need to remind yourself that stopping and starting is the death of any great work. So just keep going down that path. So you've got sort of that initial moment where it's like, okay, I went down this path, I'm not really digging this, I'm gonna go over somewhere else. But once you really, like you've gone down a little ways, you've really engaged, and it's like, yeah, I really dig this. Then, like when it gets hard later down the line, you need to just stick to it, to stick to it, to have grit, to have perseverance, you just gotta do it. So in those moments, you need to just remind yourself that the doubt is inevitable and that you're just gonna keep pushing. So there it is. essentially just aside. Simland from Facebook. What is up, Simland? Seem, I can't believe I did that. I'm so used to seeing your name. Seamland, what is up, dude? Uh, Tom, exclamation point, and all caps. How do you go about cooperating with the government as to share messages of empowerment and optimal health in the education system? I have no idea. And if I'm really honest, I've avoided this like the plague. Even back at Quest, I could just look into my future and I knew eventually we're gonna have to start, um, what do they call that when you go after the government? Lobbying. This fucking guy. Uh, Lobbying the government, that is something I just was not eager to do. So sales cycles, sales, getting them to adopt ideology, however you wanna think about it, in the government is so long and it's no one person and it's so hard to predict and to understand. I, I am the wrong man to answer this question. That sounds like a nightmare to me. I would do anything but. So like somebody needs to change the education system, but it's not going to be me because I have no interest in that. All right, sad, can't help you. Somebody else is gonna have to tackle that problem. All right, Avery Nair, how do you be aggressively yourself? I struggle as a people pleaser growing up, doing what's safe, doing what makes my parents happy, being the cheerleader in people's lives. How can I be unapologetically myself while steer, still caring deeply about others? Okay, so here's how I do it. I never use the aggressively myself as a rebuttal to who they are, okay? So it's never like, oh, you should do this, and then I'm like, this is me and this is how I do it, okay? So I don't do that. What I do is when I have a moment to express myself, where I'm just expressing myself, I'm not trying to convince anyone else, I'm just going and doing my thing, I go and do my thing. And I let people see how much I'm loving it. I let people see how much I enjoy it. And when somebody comes at me and they're trying to change me, it's like, hey, I fully respect that, right? Compassion. I totally get where you're coming from. I hear you, period. Now, let me tell you about the things that excite me. I'm not trying to convince, just like here's what I find exciting, here's what, so that they can see why I'm doing it. They can see what I'm really into and that I'm, all about it. And then I just don't think about them, what they want from me, all of that. If it's real and I'm actually excited about this thing, then I just go put my time and energy into that. I go do my thing. And that is my act of being unapologetically myself, that I go do that and I love doing that. And then, this is the only part that gets a little dicey, if people keep coming at me, then I will start doing, what do you actually want from me? and I do it just like this so that people know that I'm being serious. What do you really want from me? 
Do you want me to be happy? Do you want fulfillment for me? Yes, which everyone is gonna say yes. Okay, awesome. How do you define that? And then ultimately we're gonna get down to, they define it by how I feel about myself when I'm by myself or my neurochemistry or all that. Just a level of happiness, a level of contentment, a level of like stress-free life. Awesome. I listen to you, I've heard you and I'm telling you the thing that gives me that is this thing over here that I wanna do and I get it. I don't need you to accept it. I'm fully okay that you're not on board with that. I get it. And the only thing that I will ask is watch me do it and see if you see it making me happy. I don't do things to people please even though I have that same instinct as well. However, like whoever out there thinks that they feel people pleasing the most strongly, the desire to make other people happy, I'm at least at your level, if not a little bit higher. But I found that doing that did not take me where I wanted to be neurochemically. It wasn't making me live my best life, have the most fulfillment. And so purely out of just looking at the results I was getting, I knew that I couldn't keep doing that. So that is how I go about being unapologetically myself. And literally, it's not apologizing for yourself. That's a big part of it. Okay, Mary Strother. What if you're happy with your job, but you don't like the place it's in? I know I'm not a tree, but in my field, opportunity doesn't always come up. And I think by you know you're not a tree means you're not, that you are a mobile thing, which I like that. It's actually a reference to a quote that I used um, in an episode of Impact Quotes. I love that quote so much. Um, So what would I really do? You like your job, but you don't dig where you're at. Man, the honest answer for me is I would leave. Like, I'm so hell bent. Like, I know what I want to do with my life. It is so clear to me that I just wouldn't let anything stop me. And that's why I left Tacoma. I loved Tacoma. I was not unhappy in Tacoma at all. Like, people always think I left for the weather or whatever. I didn't. I didn't even think about the weather as a kid. It was all I knew. I left because I wanted to be in a bigger city that had more opportunity and that was it. And so I was moving towards something. And I think that there are two things that motivate people moving away from something. So, oh, I don't want that to happen. I don't want, um, like take uh, longevity. I don't wanna die. That's moving away from something. I wanna live forever. That's moving towards something. So living forever for me is about all the things that I could do and all that. So I'm moving towards that. I'm not moving away from a fear of death. Um, So, That here, like the only perspective I can give you is that if I ever had a sense of like, I can't go as far as I want to go in this place, I would be fucking gone in a heartbeat. Um, I know that that's true because at the age of 18, that's exactly what I did. And at one point I almost moved to New York because I thought New York would be even better than LA. Um, So, and the only reason I ended up staying was I came to believe that that actually wasn't the case. Um, So there you have it. All right, Rocky Ware. No way that's a real name. YouTube, hey Tom, I often struggle with questioning myself whether my thoughts are my real thoughts or not. Do you have any advice on how to become better at recognizing the non-true voices in your head? Yes, so this is where a meditative practice comes in in a way that like, I won't even claim to actually understand what's happening. I will merely describe what it feels like. So because the subconscious mind is able to process data vaster and faster than the conscious mind. My goal is always to be able to hear my subconscious. Now the subconscious usually speaks in emotion. And the only way that that emotion can get accurately translated into the conscious mind where you can really understand it 
is if you can create a calm and creative space where no stress, no anxiety is influencing what you're thinking about or even more terrifyingly, how you're interpreting what you're thinking about because an anxious mind will interpret things negatively or see the danger instead of the opportunity whereas a calm and creative mind will see the opportunity instead of the danger. So, learning to meditate, learning to get into the the parasympathetic nervous system, into that alpha wave state, calm and creative, to really be able to accurately feel, sense, hear what the, here in air quotes, what the subconscious is offering up to you so that you can interpret it by the, um, in the conscious mind. And I find that like, I just get like the most interesting ideas the solutions to big problems by doing that. So that is the only way that I know to really create that space to hear the truest voice that's going to lead me to fulfillment. So I wish there was something more brute forcey that I could offer you um, only because I know that just like me for a long time, I struggled with the nature of meditation. It seems so passive don't take this wrong way, but it seemed feminine and I naturally have such a powerful feminine side. Trust me when I say that was not the thing I needed to develop in my life. Um, So I struggled with that, which is really asinine and super stupid, uh, but nonetheless was where I was at. So I get why people may struggle with that. Um, But yeah, meditation's the answer. Damien Bourgeois. That's just a fun word to say. Hello from France. What is up, France? What do you think about subliminal affirmations? Do you use them to empower your mindset at a subliminal level? I don't, only because I don't have experience in it. Uh, It could be amazing. Um, And I would, man, if I were really stuck, I would definitely try like uh, hypnosis um, or listening to stuff at night. Like I would try it all. I've got no beef with anything. Um, I've just never used it, so I can't speak to it. I found that the conscious mind repetition in the things that I can actually think out loud, the things that I can tell other people has been so insanely powerful for me um, that I haven't had to go to subliminal. But man, I am not opposed in any way, shape, or form. In fact, what do you think? If you've used it and it's been powerful, I'd love to hear about it. Um, Jacob McRae, YouTube. Tom, if you had to give one piece of advice to someone who aspires to be on your show one day, what would it be? Get extraordinary. That's it. Get so good that your results speak for themselves. Man, let me beat that drum to death. That's the answer. Eric Lanoue. Tom, what's your favorite Steven Seagal movie? I love that you're asking me that question. Above the law all the way. I'm going to have to go with Hard to Kill. So Hard to Kill, like that whole thing where they kill the whole family and then the person's got to come back and build themselves up from nothing is my fetish. Revenge tales are my fetish. I don't know why. My absolute, like, you want to know my guilty pleasure? Revenge tales. So yeah, hard to kill. That's the one. But I will say, the scene in the grocery store in Above the Law where he gets on his knees and he's like, come on, come on. Oh God, it's so good. It's so good. (sighs) All right, last question. Edgar's Julemans, this is from Facebook. Hey Tom, greetings from Latvia. What is up, Latvia? What is your advice on ways to control your emotions and start to become more confident because at, because at work, some say I do a good job and still, I still won't believe them. Thanks. Well, sorry, man. My reading of that question was brutal. Um, so ways to control emotions. First of all, it starts with using that 
the, the negative emotion as a habit loop trigger to an empowering belief. Now, sometimes to do that, what you have to do is get into the physiological hooks that we were talking about earlier. So if something like triggers me and I get aggressive or I get anxious, diaphragm breathing is gonna be the thing that helps me recenter myself. That's a big thing. Um, and then just remembering the sort of very logical side of my mind, re-engaging the prefrontal cortex um, to not lash out emotionally, to use my um, higher level cognition um, and to think literally think in a very logical way the phrase you know that uh, reacting on that emotion isn't going to move me towards my goal what is my goal in this scenario and really just thinking my way through and getting the blood flowing back to my frontal lobe um, getting it into the executive functions of my brain that's really important so um, those are the ways that I do that to make sure that I'm controlling my emotions now the part about being more confident is really about earning credibility with yourself and you've got to so if you're doing the things to earn credibility you're setting goals you're meeting those goals and then you're still not believing in yourself then you've got to rely on the belief that you only do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. And if being super insecure about yourself is not moving you towards your goals, uh, then don't do it. And if being confident and you've got reasons for that confidence through earning credibility with yourself by setting a goal and actually meeting it and doing what you said you were gonna do um, and being, you know, getting the skill set and actually showing results and all that, um, then you've literally just gotta let go of that negativity about yourself because it doesn't make sense to hold on to it. So I only allow myself the level of insecurity that gets me to go out and do the things I need to do to be extraordinary. That's it. And once I'm spilling beyond that, I literally just stop myself. It is a negative thought in my head that does not serve me using cognitive behavioral therapy techniques of negative thought, stop that, doesn't make sense to believe that, what's the habit loop trigger here, I'm gonna go into something positive, I'm gonna remember that I can adapt and grow at any time, okay cool, so I can set my mind to this and get better at it, and let's just look at real results. What does the data say? Does the data say that I suck at this, and if it does, great, I'm going to allocate the time and energy that I want to this to actually get better, and if the data sucks and I'm crushing it, then I need to just set this aside period. End of story. All right, guys, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, your questions mean the absolute world to me. Today happens to be May the 4th. You know my obsession with Star Wars, so may the 4th be with you. I love that this has become a cultural thing. It's absolutely amazing and only goes to show how much stories can embed themselves into the cultural subconscious. Guys, if you haven't already, if you are into comic books, go subscribe right now to my at IT comics page on Instagram. That's where you're going to be able to learn about this next phase of our developing of stories. I'm super excited. I'll have more information on that there. I don't want to harp on it here. Um, but yeah, go check that out. All right. If you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.